Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Monday, May 23rd, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone. Welcome to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bolger. And I'm Brett Goodman. And we come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. We're talking more about the formation of the early church and we're going to read from Philippians. But before we get to that, let's begin with prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, in the busyness of life and the many things we have to do, may we take a moment to be still to be still in your presence, to know you are here, to know that you care about us and the fabric of every aspect of our life. And may we take that gift and turn it outwards to the world. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Listen now to our passage from the book of Philippians, the first chapter, verses 1 through 18. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Philippi. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you, because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart, for all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, beloved, that what has happened to me has actually helped to spread the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers and sisters, having been made confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, dare to speak the word with greater boldness and without fear. Some proclaim Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. These proclaim Christ out of love, knowing that I have been put here for the defense of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but intending to increase my suffering and my imprisonment. What does it matter? Just this, that Christ is proclaimed in every way, whether out of false motives or true, and in that I rejoice. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. 
Tara, how are you? Uh, is anything exciting going on in your life? Any children you want to brag about? <laughs> <laughs> Always. I'm a really good bragger about my kids. Um, school's almost over. Let me tell you, let all the world rejoice on that. It's so funny. When your kids are very small, summer is like, oh, no, they have so much energy. Now they're teenagers. I'm like, yes, they will sleep in. It'll be a low-key day. They can drive themselves places. So that's fun. Hanny just won a big writing award, um, the only one from the state of Alabama, and we're super, super proud of her. I mean, I don't know. I only know how to be a parent, like, after the event has already happened. <laughs> um, but right now, things are really good with my family, and I'm grateful. Oh, what about you? Wonderful. Uh, yeah, things are wonderful. I'm leaving tomorrow to go to Lake Tahoe for a wedding, and which I'll see. Poor you. I know. It's going to be <laughs> rough. Uh, in addition to the wedding, that will be wonderful. It'll be a time to see all of... Allie's family, all of her sisters, all of our nieces and nephews on that side. So I'm very excited to go be fun Uncle Brett for the weekend. Nice. And to do it in a beautiful place that's yes. not hot. Yes, I hope it's a, a good, good trip. <laughs> but to our scripture, what is the context in which this book of Philippians was written? And, and why do you think the letter was written? So this was written between 61 and 63, Common Era. Um, while Paul was under house arrest. And Paul is in, uh, is imprisoned when he writes this, and he has this expectation that some sort of resolution is going to happen soon, whether that be he'll be set free or he'll be killed. But he's kind of, uh, you know, looking at what he thinks will be the end of this very difficult time either way, and he writes this letter of, like, encouragement to this church that he loves so very much. Um, and this is a church that has loved him. I, it is upsetting for them that this person who first shared with them the gospel is imprisoned. They don't know what to make about that. And persecutions are on the rise. So I imagine there's a lot of anxiety in that little church in Philippi. And so he writes this really lovely letter and basically says, I think, um, I love you. And I appreciate that you have loved and supported me. Mm-hmm. But we are always confident in Christ, right? This good work, the good work being the church, the good work being their life of faith, Christ will carry that to completion. Take that anxiety off your plate. Mm-hmm. And whether I am alive or dead, imprisoned or free, it is Christ who carries this to completion. Um, and then he kind of talks about how he thinks they should um, orient themselves to the world. Um, And I love this idea of they should grow in their love. And when they grow in their love, that also means that they'll grow in their knowledge and insight. And for Paul, this Greek word for knowledge doesn't mean um, kind of facts and proof. It means like the knowledge of something that is in every part of your body and is accepted as true. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what he's really leaving them with. And um, yeah, what do, you, what do you hear when you read this, particularly the first part? Because I think we're going to tackle the second part on Friday. Yeah. Um, if I, if I correct, I know you've done a little more research on this. Correct me if I'm, I'm pretty sure this is like one of the first, possibly the first church that, that Paul kind of starts and as he begins his, his 
you know, many missionary uh, journeys around. So th- I think there is something uh, particularly... We also know that by the date. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so early. Um, it's one of those, you know, there's something uh, special about your first, right? Yeah. Uh, that first church that you serve, that first community that has loved you and you have loved them. And I think that absolutely comes through within this letter that there is this deep connection that Paul feels specifically with this church. And, you know, a lot of letters in the New Testament, Paul's writing uh, because of a conflict uh, that that is within the community. And you don't necessarily get that there is this uh, one particular issue of within the community or, or this infighting or this immorality or, or whatever. Uh, Philippians seems to be exactly what you said, that this is a book of encouragement, uh, that the conflict is their love for him. And their <laughs> you know? fear and for And their him, fear right? for him, absolutely. Uh, and so it's it's far more of kind of this uh, glimpse into the interpersonal relationship between, um, you know, the 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 pastor or the missionary or the this the leader uh, and, and the whole congregation and, and the love that they have between each other, which is absolutely delightful. Um, I, I, to, uh, what verse was that in that talked about knowledge that, that you were just um, talking about? Let's see. Wham, way to just put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nine. Verse nine. Um, yes. Uh, it, you know, it talks about that, that knowledge and that insight, uh, and which is, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week of, of that, that idea of knowledge that, that Paul is using, um, again, comes kind of comes from Greek philosophical ideas. He's using kind of the language uh, of the intelligentsia of the day, and then twisting it, uh, which is which is always which is always my favorite. And he turns it of of this full knowledge uh, doesn't come just through uh, not just awareness of what's around you, but is lived out uh, in the day of Christ is is made fuller and made truer in who Christ Jesus is. Uh, and, and the verse before it, uh, the compassion of Christ Jesus. Um, and I just think, I just think it's, I love seeing when people, uh, when, when pastors today, uh, you know, take an idea uh, that is popular uh, or, or is well known and just twist it uh, and it illuminates who Christ is in the world. It's just and Paul does it so wonderfully. You know what I think that I love that Paul sets out here in verses 9 and 10 is that for Paul, um, love comes first. Mm-hmm. And out of that love should come any knowledge and insight. Mm-hmm. And only then should come a decision about how to live or what to ask of people. Mm-hmm. How many times do we go straight to, let me tell you what's good mm-hmm. and right, without knowing the person and without loving the person? Mm-hmm. And so I think for Paul, he gives this really clear path. I also, you know, in some of the Pauline letters, we get angry, bitter Paul yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. and fired up Paul. This is Paul at his pastoral best. Mm-hmm. And it really reminds me, you know, when a minister leaves a church, um, when I have left churches and the congregation is um, grief stricken, believe it or not, um, and I think in some way they worry, what's going to come next? Are we going to be okay? Mm. And Paul, who knows that he may very well die, says, "Of course you will. It is God, who Christ Jesus, who will complete this work in you." And I think that's just a really great thing for us all to remember mm-hmm. um, that this is bigger 
than any of us. I certainly think, uh, what is it? C.S. Lewis says, um, it makes no difference to God whether you serve like John or Judas, but it'll make a difference to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like we can either get behind this flourishing and building up of the church or we can be a hindrance, but either way, God is going to carry out God's good purposes. You know, it's, it's, it's really, I, you know, it's really easy to talk about, you know, Jesus Christ being the head of the church when things are going well, but then when conflict comes or uh, a big shift, like a pastor leaving or, 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 or moving on to a different call or, uh, sessions turning over or whatever it is, then 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 the rubber hits the road. And like, is do we believe that Christ Jesus is going to sustain Completely. us through this? Um, and and this is a helpful reminder that we uh, we continue to point to that and we prepare ourselves. So when those bumps come, uh, when those changes come, uh, we can point back to the truth of Christ being the head and not whoever is leading at that particular time. And I think the last thing is that this is really what Paul is saying to them is that. He has loved them and he wants them to grow in their love. And then growing in that love and that knowledge should lead to an ethic where they live out God's way of living in the world, Hmm. right? That they, not that they can make themselves righteous, but that they're faithful to God, this ethic, this way of living. And I think like irrefutably here, he connects love with that ethic. Um, And so I think as Christians, we have to be a people who love who want to know and understand others before we ever give an ethic on how people should live. Hmm. With that, I will give us a quote from Elie Wiesel um, from uh, this incredible speech that he gave to the Clinton White House. He said, the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. The opposite of art is not ugliness, it's indifference. The opposite of faith is not heresy, it's indifference. And the opposite of life is not death, it's indifference. Hmm. And I'm grateful for Paul who calls us to remember that there's no indifference when it comes to Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Thank you all for being with us. We'll be back again on Wednesday to talk about a text from the Gospel of Luke. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen.